Very simply, in the same way a couple of weeks ago I talked about the events of the crucifixion in order. I'm going to give you the chronology of the resurrection of Jesus. And there's no great kind of screens for this. Um, uh, but let me just talk it through with you. Having been taken down from the cross at Golgotha and laid in a tomb before sunset on that day, the body of Jesus remained in that stone-sealed and guarded tomb for three days and three nights. But as dawn broke on the first day of a new week, which is Sunday, Mary Magdalene, another Mary, and at least two other women, went to the tomb carrying spices, hoping to be allowed access to anoint and rewrap his body. You might think that's strange, but in Jewish thinking at that time, once you were dead three days, you were really dead. You weren't going to be resuscitated again. You weren't going to come out of what we would call a coma. Right? So they were buried within a day, but you know, very often the, the tomb was visited on the third day to check, and then they, they, embalmed, they carried on embalming the body. And in fact, in, in, in Jewish uh, uh, burials, once the body had completely decomposed the runny bones, the bones were cleaned and put into a, a container, an ossuary, a little clay container. So they cared for the body. And so th these ladies went there really just hoping that the, the, the Roman guards, if they were Roman guards or, or temple guards, would say, okay, he's really dead now. You can go in and do what you need to do. But, so they were just, you know, chancing it. Could they get to see him? When they arrived there, the tomb was open and empty. For at some time before dawn, during the night, and some even say sundown the previous day, there'd been an earthquake. An angel of the Lord had come down from heaven, moved the stone away, sat on it, and scared the guards pretty much to death. <laughs> they fell like dead men before the angel, and having recovered, they fled from the place and gave the, the account of what had happened. Whilst the women are looking into the open tomb, you know, the guards have long gone. Two angels from the Lord appeared to them. And they asked them this question. This is the, what I love. This is the kind of headline today. Why are you looking for the living one among the dead? He's not here. He's been resurrected just as he said. The women ran back to tell the disciples of Jesus. And Peter and John ran to the tomb to see for themselves. And they look inside and they step inside and they find the grave clothes of Jesus lying empty there. It's like there was a body within that. No, there's nobody in there. Nobody within the wrappings even. They then go back and tell the others. Meanwhile, the women have kind of come back there as well. And the first person to see the Lord Jesus alive from the dead was Mary Magdalene. It seems she went back to the tomb. He appeared to her and spoke to her. Then he appeared and spoke to the other women as well, who were probably just a little distance away. So Mary and the other women go back to the disciples again. I know this is a bit like there and here and there and here, but you know, hey, you'd have been confused and amazed and like what, what the, what's going on here? So the women run back and say, not only did we see the empty tomb first time we reported, but now we've seen Jesus too. Later that day, two disciples who were still probably discouraged and disappointed, Jesus who they thought was the Messiah and going to change everything, was dead, had died and he'd been buried in a tomb and they're walking away from Jerusalem to Emmaus, which is probably where they lived. And the man was called Cleopas, and it was probably his wife who was with him, but the Bible doesn't expressly say that. They're walking. Walking, they were like doing that, really. I mean, you know. And somebody came and stepped along and said, can I walk with you? They said, okay. And so he walked along with them, 
Where are you going? Where have you been? Make conversation. Oh, we, we believed in Jesus, but it's all gone, it's all gone horrible. And he, the person began to explain to them from the scriptures that the Messiah needed to go to the cross and die. But the, the prophecies was that he would rise again on the third day. And they, 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 they kind of thought, that he's, he's reasoning with them about the scriptures. And finally they get to where they're going, sort of thing, and they say, would you come in with us for a meal? So he goes in with them, well, would, you, would you give thanks for the bread? And as this person, who they have not yet recognized, lifts the bread and gives thanks to God, they realize it's Jesus. And he disappears from their sight. So they run back to Jerusalem. I mean, there's a lot of running around that day. And they tell the disciples in, the, in, in, in this room where they're hidden, we've seen him too, we, we, blah, 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 you know, all of that. So that same evening, the disciples are still in a locked room because the, the Jewish and the Roman authorities, there's a body that's gone missing and they want to find it. They want to find out who's responsible. These guards must have been, what were you on? What were you drinking last night? You tell us an angel came and chucked you, out, chucked you, sent you away and you know, threw you on the ground. What, what's all this about? So they're looking for who they can blame for why a dead Jesus has disappeared. So they're hiding in a room, doors locked, they're keeping quiet. They're not even making much noise in case somebody knows where, finds where they are. And suddenly, in that room, Jesus appears. And he says, peace be to you. He even says to them, because they're you know, looking at him, what? uh, what's for supper? What are you eating? We're, we're having some, some broil. Well, give me a piece. And he ate in their presence to show that he was really physically alive. Thomas was missing that night. And a whole week later, I mean, seriously, a whole week later, when they're together again, this time Thomas is with them, and he said, I won't believe unless I see him myself, unless I put my finger in, in, in the hole in his wrist and put my hand in his side where the spear went. I'm not going to believe what you guys tell me. Next week, Thomas was there. Guess what? Peter turned, Jesus turns up and says, peace be with you. And then he says, Thomas, do you want to do this? And Thomas said something which the others hadn't yet. It says he fell to the ground and said, My Lord and my God. Worship Jesus as King and God. So he got it pretty good in the end. Jesus sends them away from Jerusalem to Galilee and north, and again, about a week later, he appears again to them there when they were fishing and so on. And it seems up in Galilee, that Jesus gathered a large crowd of over 500 people, believers, disciples, and speaks to them there. Over 500 people, probably in Galilee, not in Jerusalem. Then, when he's finished dealing with them there, he sends them back to Jerusalem, and again, it's days later before he comes and sees them in Jerusalem. He appears to James, his brother, a, a, a son of Mary, you know, and Joseph, and uh, his brother, who was an unbeliever until then, becomes a believer. Later on, he became the leader of the church in Jerusalem. James, the brother of the Lord. And we've got his letter in the back of our Bibles. Finally, 40 days, six weeks or so after his resurrection, Jesus led his disciples, the eleven, up the Mount of Olives, spoke to them again, blessed them. And as he was blessing them, pronouncing God's blessing over them, he was lifted up from them and received into heaven while they watched. And a cloud received him out of their sight. 
And as they're standing looking up, angels had to appear to them and say, uh, go home, guys, it's all over. He's with you to the end of the age. <laughs> you know, this same Jesus you've seen go will in the same way return. But do you remember what he told you? Go back to Jerusalem and wait for the Holy Spirit who he promised you. So over about six weeks, Jesus appeared to different people, groups of people, not often, maybe only once a week. He showed himself to individuals, to a couple, to 11 disciples, to larger groups, to a whole community of 500 believers at one time. So guess what? That's a lot of evidence, isn't there? That's a lot of evidence. There's a lot of witnesses about the resurrection of the Jesus. But the resurrection of Jesus has a message. The message is this. He is not here. He has risen as he said. It, is, it was impossible that death could hold on to the living one. Jesus entered into death willingly and said, I have power to lay down my life and I have power to take it again. At the moment when it was appropriate for Jesus to be risen from the dead, that's what he did. Because he had the authority to do it. In the same way, sense, God the Father raised him from the dead because God the Father then attested to everything Jesus had said and done. This is my son. He said it at his baptism. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. He said it again on the Mount of Transfiguration. And he said it not by words but by action, by raising him from the dead. This is my son. Every word he said is true. Jesus actually defeated death on the cross, but his resurrection three days later when his body laid into him, was the evidence of his victory. And there are hints in the, uh, the uh, Psalms and so on of, of the heavens, the angels, shouting the praises of the returning conqueror. One of them is lift. The gates aren't big enough for him to come through. Come on, make the gates bigger because the king is re-entering his heavenly throne because he's finished all his work down on earth. He not only rose from the dead, but the risen Lord Jesus ascended to heaven and has been given all authority at the highest now. He's now reigning as king of the cosmos. But there's not just a message, there's an offer too. Jesus went to the cross, entered into death, and having shouted, it is finished from the cross, he committed his spirit to the Father and then breathed his last breath. And then three days later, he took another one and rose from the dead. This is more than history and it's more than just Jesus' personal journey or story. The good news of Jesus is that his track of life, death and life again, but different life, new life, eternal, life that sees no death anymore, life that is lived entirely in the presence and honour of God, that track that journey is on offer to you and I we can follow him out of death into life we can die to our old way of life and be given a new life in him our old way of life which was without faith we not knowing him not obeying him was a far pathway to death we were dead and dying but if we come to him and trust him we can exchange our dying for living again Ordinary life for eternal life, the life of God. Here's the offer, my friends. Life instead of death. Life in Jesus, the risen Lord. So I'm going to come to, this is the first time I'm quoting scripture, apart from paraphrasing it this morning. Let me show you some scripture. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14. 
Christ's love compels us to, to preach the gospel, to share good news with people. Because we've reached this conclusion. If one died for all, then all <coughs> died. You know, I haven't thought about it that way before, perhaps. If Jesus died, then all died. Because he represented us. He took the death for us. And he died for all so that those who live now should no longer live for themselves, but for the one who died for them and was raised. From now on, then, we do not know anyone in a purely human way. Even if we've known Christ in a purely human way, now we no longer know him in this way. The disciples have to learn to, to, to deal with a Jesus who is not quite the Jesus they'd known before. He didn't even get tired. He was now risen from the dead to eternal life. Therefore, this is a, an amazing scripture. A lot of people know, therefore, there's no condemnation. You need to know this scripture just as well. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and look, new things have come. And everything in this new life is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses, their breaking of his law against them. And he's committed to us the message of reconciliation. God has reconciled us to himself by the death of Jesus on the cross, and here is the outcome. If one died for all, all died. He died for all, so that those who live now should no longer live their old way of life, but live for living for themselves, but for the one who died for them and was raised. And if anyone is a believer in Christ, they've received new life from him. They are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Look, new things have come. This believing life, this life of following Jesus, is not our old life patched up. It's a new life. We're a new creature, a new creation. Jesus used this analogy for us. He said this new way of life that he'd come to give, and he warned us it's not patching some new cloth into the old garment. Now, it seems to me no one ever does that nowadays. When, when garments get frayed and worn out, of work, you just throw that away and buy a new one from Primark, don't we? <laughs> but in the old days, garments were expensive, and you patched them, and you darned them, and you repaired them. But if you fix a new piece of cloth into an old garment, Jesus said, what happens? The new tears away from the old. They, they, they're incompatible. The one is old and frayed and, and thin and worn, and the new is like strong and sturdy. Jesus warns us we mustn't come to him thinking that our, all we need is for our old way of life to be patched up a bit. It won't work. It doesn't work. And I can tell you of people I've seen, warned even, this isn't working, is it? You're trying to just have a little bit of Christian faith to patch up, but keep the rest. The mix will not work. You will find yourself in a worse state. What is on offer from Jesus is not old life patched up. It's new life altogether. Fresh stuff. New creation. Jesus rose from the dead around 2,000 years ago, and the final resurrection of the dead at the end of the day still lies ahead of us. But even now, the Lord Jesus gives resurrection life to those who believe in him, who call on him. Physical resurrection is promised to us, but new life is promised to us now. Listen to Jesus here. He says, I assure you, anyone who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. Not will have. Has. 
eternal life and will not come under judgment, condemnation, wrath, but has passed from death to life. That is now. I assure you, an hour is coming and is now here. Listen to this. The hour is now. It's happening now, he says. When the dead, that's you and me, anybody outside of faith in Jesus is dead in their way of life. When those who are dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who are here will live. The gospel talks to dead people, but because God is at work in them by his grace, they start to live and believe. For just as the Father has life in himself, so also he's granted the Son to have life in himself. And he's granted him the right to pass judgment because he's the Son of Man. Now don't be amazed at this because a time is coming. It's not now, but it will come. When the, all who are in the graves will hear his voice and they will come out. Those who have done good things to the resurrection of life. Those who have done wicked things to the resurrection of judgment. Physical resurrection will happen in the end, at the end of time. But right now, spiritual, inward, moral resurrection can happen as you are given new life simply through asking for it from Jesus and trusting him for it. New life starts now. New creation starts now. Old body, but a new person living in it. We may not see Jesus this side of either our own death or the last day. And when, on that day, every eye will see him, but we will rejoice to see him. But we can live now, every day, in his presence and his power. He promises, I am with you to the end of the age. His promises cannot be broken. He's with us. He empowers us by the Holy Spirit. He guards and guides us as our shepherd. He's our king and our primary loyalty is to him, not earthly governors. That's what we mean when we confess, as the early Christians did, Jesus is Lord. They say Caesar can do what he likes and run his empire, but our king is Jesus, the eternal Son of God. The resurrected Lord of life offers us his life, eternal life, his resurrected life. We read this promise there in John Five, here's two more. And then same John summing it up in his letter. This is the will of the Father, says Jesus. Everyone who sees the Son, catches the glimpse of who he is and what he's about and what he's done, and believes in him may have eternal life. Translate that as the life of God. And I will raise him up on the last day. But the life starts now. Not then. Now. Here's another one. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Today two men are dedicating themselves to follow Jesus the rest of their lives. I give them eternal life and they will never perish, ever. No one will snatch them from my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. The Father and I are one. And then just to sum up, John, his letter says, this is the testimony. This is the message. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. It's only by believing in and living in Jesus. Amen. Not just some religion, not just some Godhead, some, some uh, one God named or nameless. It is in Jesus, the Son of the eternal God. Amen. The one who has the Son has life. The one who doesn't have the Son of God does not have life. I've written these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. 
So to come to where we're going about baptism. Baptism acts these things out. The crucifixion and death of Jesus in our place for us, bearing away our sin, bearing away our shame, making reconciliation with God. We are buried in the water in baptism. When Jesus was raised from the dead, emerged triumphant out of death, we are raised from the water to newness. That's why water and a lot of it so we can immerse you is important. Because we're acting out this truth. We're acting out the gospel and saying, this is true for me. I believe this with all my heart, that Jesus died for me and rose again for me so that I might die to an old way of life and receive a new life from him. Here it is in Romans 6 verse 4. Therefore we were buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of Father, so we too may walk, that walk means the whole way of life, in a new way of life. You get to walk in a new way of life. And Colossians 2 says, having been buried with him in baptism, you were also raised with him. You know, we, we do our best to pull you out of the water again. Colin and Joe are going to do that today. You know, we make sure you pop up again before you run out of air. <laughs> but God raises you to a new life through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. I was remembering this morning an old song made famous by Nina Simone, though she didn't write it. You know, it's, it, it's, it's, it's not a gospel song. It's far from being a gospel song. But this word struck me, you know, the chorus is, it's called Feeling Good. You remember that song? I'm feeling good. It's, it's pretty, pretty dour piece of music. But the, you know, it's a new dawn. It's a new day. It's a new life for me, and I'm feeling good. That's a pretty good Christian, com- Christian conversation to have. Why am I feeling good? Why am I full of joy? Because I have new life in Jesus. The old me got buried somewhere. A long time ago. And I've said both to, to, to Jack and, 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 and to Lee, you know, the point in your life at which you began to believe, or maybe you believed and then kind of wandered away for a while or whatever, that could be vague. But you can't forget the moment that we dunk you in the water in the name of Jesus. Amen. The day of your baptism is the day you seal it in. I believe this to be true. Amen. I'm going to live for him now. So as we move towards baptizing Jack and Lee this morning, let them remi- remind them both again. Where's... There they are. <laughs> Catching both of them. Well, they've already heard from me that from this day on, whenever some part of their old life calls to them to go back to unbelief, to go back to disobeying Jesus, their answer now can be this. Firstly, Jesus. Jesus died on the cross to break the power of sin and death for me. And he rose again to give me new life. And then about me. I have been buried with him in baptism. My old life is dead and buried. What business do I have with what's dead and buried? Just as Jesus rose from the dead, I've been raised to to live a new life of faith and obedience to Jesus. So my answer is no to what is dead and buried. And yes to continuing to trust and obey Jesus, living by the grace and the strength and the help that, that he supplies. Now, what about the rest of us? What about you? What life are you living? The same old life you've always had? Or a new life that began at some point through trusting in Jesus? I just want to paraphrase the words of Jesus. Oh, I need to say this as well. So, 
The battle for a Christian is to treat what belongs to our old, unbelieving, disobedient life as dead and buried, and to live now by the grace of God this new life as our one, only, real life. One life. This one. This is the real one. The old one's dead and rotting and smelly. I, I don't want to dig that up again. You know? Here's the words to paraphrase Jesus. I believe he wants to say this to some of you today. Hear my voice. Follow me. I will give you new life. Eternal life. And it starts not when you're raised from the dead at the end of days. It starts actually now in you now. And your body will still get old and weak and frail because we're still living with this creation. But Paul says even if your body's wasting away, you're anyway getting stronger and stronger through trusting Jesus and loving and following him. Let's pray together. I urge you to have a look at the screen behind me again. Dare you believe that Jesus says that to you today? Beyond the words of David the preacher, you hear Jesus saying to you, hear my voice today. Follow me, trust me, believe in me. I'll give you a new life. I'll put my life in you. You can have a whole new start, a new creation. Not old patched up. Whole new life. Lord Jesus, we do thank you that the message of the cross and the empty tomb is that you have conquered death and sin and guilt. You've put away for us our law-breaking and our rebellion against God. You've made reconciliation so we can know forgiveness and peace. But you offer us not just an old life patched up, but a new life. Just as you emerged from the tomb, never death, death disease could never touch you again for you lived in the power of an eternal life. And something of that life is at work now in us who believe. God, I pray that your words may rest in our hearts, that we'll be urged, pushed, reminded by the Holy Spirit to trust Jesus with every bit of our being and every part of our day who calls us to leave what's dead and buried and live in this power of your resurrected life. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your power and for your wisdom and for your kindness and most of all for your passion and your death in our place for us. You are risen from the dead and we worship you today. Amen. 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 Would somebody um, like to tell Linda that uh, they can clear up and be back in here in another five minutes or so? Um, I'm going to show you a video. Oh, June's going to show you a video. I'm not going to show you. <laughs> Thank you.
which gives a bit, it's American, nearly all videos we show are American, we just thought they, the English don't do this, um, which tells you a little bit about some other people's testimonies, and in a minute or two, both Jack and Lee are going to give us their confession of faith in Jesus as well. All right. So this is what baptism, again, if I haven't already told you, here's some reminders for some other people about what baptism is about. Thank you, Jim. Today, I tell my friends, my family, the world, that the old Adam, the old Jimmy, the old Crystal is dead. I have been buried with Christ. My sin is gone, nailed to the cross, and paid for by the blood of my Savior, of my Jesus. Today, I declare that by God's relentless, unfailing grace, I am forgiven. I am free. I am new. Good. Uh, Mike's got a mic here. Colin, are you ready to do this in a minute? Yeah, you need to get chased, yeah. <laughs> you, Joe? Joe? I think Joe's got his shorts and his t shirt on underneath his clothes. <laughs> All right. You guys are going to go and do that. Meanwhile, in here, we're going to ask Jack, first of all, to come and tell us why you're doing what you're doing today, Jack. Why don't you applaud him, encourage him? Hello. Uh, good morning. Um, thank you for coming today. Um, so I basically uh, wrote some things down on a piece of paper because I probably would forget knowing me. So I wrote this last night at last minute. So. I wanted to give my confession of faith and my testimony. I've always believed in God since I was a little boy. I'm actually 26 years old now, although I do act younger. <laughs> uh, the first time. A bit nervous. The first time I heard about God is when. I was a young boy. My mum told me a story before I went to bed about God. Uh, um, uh, about God being the good guy and the devil being the bad guy. And uh, one day they're going to fight each other at Armageddon. So as a kid, that was pretty interesting. Also, when I used to play in the playground um, at school, I always felt there was a man uh, looking down. Um, so when I was maybe 10 years old, my second cousin, Justin, told me about Jesus. And I remember being so fascinated about God and the angels. 
Then when I was 14, I went to uh, I went to the Hub Church in Bishop Stortford, and they said, if anyone wants to know Jesus, then stand up and come to the front, in which I did. And I said a prayer about accepting Jesus into my life and heart. And then I spoke with the pastor afterwards, and he told me some stuff and his testimony. And I learned a lot about Jesus on YouTube. However, since then, uh, I haven't been that good. Uh, I turned my back on God, and I turned my eyes onto the wrong things. And I was also mad with God because of some hardships uh, I had to face. But early this year, on the 7th of January, I went for a walk. I had a feeling to look at the word of the day on my phone. And I never look at the word of the day. And the word that came up was salvific, which means leading to salvation, which was pretty interesting to note. Uh, I now repent of my old life and I want to be a child of God. Amen. Come on, Lee. Let's welcome Lee. I feel... I feel like a dwarf with these two guys today. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I ain't got speech like his. I'm not that good at talking. <laughs> I'm nervous. Uh, I grew up uh, with a bit of a bad background family. Uh, found myself involved in all the wrong things my whole life. Uh, the wrong people. Uh, I've got full custody of my three girls. And I was doing all the wrong things before living a completely wrong life. I was going to end up in really bad trouble and things. <laughs> and I got my kids and I, I found God come into my life. And I just want to change everything and leave my whole life behind me and put myself into God and just live a completely new life and give myself to God now. Okay, Colin and Joe are going to get in the pool here, and when we call up uh, Jack and uh, then Lee, don't forget to take your shoes and socks off, you don't wet, <laughs> wet shoes, guys. <laughs> um, okay, they know what they're doing in here. Family and friends, you know, you can come around that corner, come around the back here, squeeze in. Um, I'm just going to stand kind of up here so there's a microphone for these guys to be heard. So, yeah? Anybody else who wants to see, you're welcome to kind of come in closer. 
You can be that side if you kneel down so people can see over your head. But, you know, otherwise come around. I'll just squeeze up back here. Good. Jack, come up the steps and come in and uh, Colin and Joe will. Down this end. Right down there. Okay. No, 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 the other way. You've got to tip him back. Yeah, the kids can come. Kids, you can come and nestle up around. Kneel down by the, by the edge of the pool. You might get a little bit of a splash. I don't know. Just possible. All right. Since you have responded by God's grace to the call of the gospel to believe and be baptized, we ask you before God and his people to reject sin and to profess your faith in Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you some questions. All you do is say yes. Do you repent of sin and trust in the Lord Jesus to be your saviour? I do, yes. Do you give yourself to follow the Lord Jesus and to obey him as Lord? I do. Will you serve him both in the local church and in the world? Yes, I will. Amen. On the confession of your faith, we baptise you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> Father, we thank you for Jack. Holy Spirit, come upon him now and equip him to live this new life in Jesus. Let him find that he doesn't need to have all the resources at the start of a day because you are his constant companion, his constant helper. That help is never more than his prayer away. Lord Jesus, your presence, you say, is promised to him in every part of his life. We thank you today for his confession of faith. Amen. 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 We thank you, Lord, that Jack has committed his heart to you. We thank you that this is a journey. And Jack, I encourage you now that the Lord was always with you. Those voices that you thought you were hearing were God speaking to you. And he's drawn you to this day to empower you and to give you that new life that you so desired. So Jack, don't let struggles ever hinder you and whatever you're doing because God is bigger, always bigger than every situation that you will face and his love all, come, all encompassing all covering, there's nothing you can do that will ever put a separation between you and him, you've committed your heart to him and your life to him and he will do the same in Jesus precious name Amen, Amen. Amen. In this new life in Christ Jesus you're a big man in God. For the future, the, the road is before you. Every step that you take, God has already paved the way for you. You're a big man in God. God has plans for you, my friend, Amen. in Jesus Christ. Jack, today's your day. My father always said to me, Herschel, we are there is a storm. A calm will come. You've been to some things when you were younger. Wasn't too bad. And you find out after you reach a certain age, it wasn't the right thing. God step in. 
and you turn you around. What I just want to say to you, this is a serious occasion. Till that will walk your way. You're only human. But when that try to cross you, take your Bible up, words in the Bible, to destroy Satan, because he's a very cute spirit. Remember, God created Satan, and Satan tried to overthrow him, and he put him down here. He's a haunted spirit, never had no peace. So if that tried to cross you, just kicks in your Bible, words here to destroy him. May God bless and keep you. You'll never be the same again, in Jesus' name. Jack can get out. Wrap a towel around him. <laughs> yeah, everything everything is wet. And Lee can come and join us. Uh, come on, girls. Candice, make sure you come close enough so you can see. Since you have responded by God's grace to the call of the gospel to believe and be baptized, we ask you before God and his people to reject sin and to profess your faith in Jesus Christ. Do you repent of sin and trust in the Lord Jesus to be your saviour? Yes. Do you give yourself to follow the Lord Jesus and to obey him as the Lord? Yes. Will you serve him both in the local church and in the world? Yes. On the confession of your faith, be baptized you. we baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we do thank you for Lee. Thank you for the grace of God that he's found and the help he's found in these last few years as he's gradually depending on you more and more. Today he confesses his faith in you. And we pray that you'll continue to teach him and lead him so he grows. He doesn't need to grow any taller, but he wants to grow as a bigger man in God. In Jesus' name, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you that it it's not where we start from, but where we begin and where we end. And we pray, Father, that Lee has now made that new start in you. And everything that has happened before, yes, it has shaped him, but what he goes on with now is what he's going to end up being, a new creation in Christ, a child of God, loved by the Lord. Those are more important than what you've done before, Lee. God will not see what you've done before. So don't let the past hinder you in any way. For the new journey, the new life, the new love that Jesus Christ has instilled in you now and continues with you as you walk with him will empower you to do greater things than you ever imagined. In Jesus' precious name, amen. The uh, word of God says that uh, your new creation in Christ Jesus, the old is gone, the new has come. As Colin has earlier just said, Lee, as uh, in this new life, in Christ and the peace of God, Lee, I say to you, um, 
just obey Lord Jesus, follow him, just uh, be close, stay close to him, stay close to others. God has a big life for you. God has um, big interests for you, Lee. Stuff for you to do in God in this new life. So Lee, just continue to stay close in the Lord, in his peace, in his grace, and in his mercy. In Jesus' name. Lee, I was a man came into this country 60 years ago and I was doing my own thing. Works very hard, but I have to dance. But 35 years ago, I heard the voice of God move up and be said, I need you now or else. If you can do that for me, he will do it for you. Don't get me wrong, tickle tattle will call me only human. Some of your friends may give you six months. Some may give you a year. But by his grace, as according to the scripture, his grace is sufficient. And 30 years ago, I got down in that pool. And I'm still here with him up to now. And if he can do it for me, he will do it for you. May the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, remain with you and stay with you. God bless you. Sorry, June, could you put that scripture up? Can you read the scripture? Can you read the scripture? I can't see it for me. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes. Amen. Amen. So that's my challenge to you, not to believers, but to those who are here today who may not have known Jesus, all you need to do is believe in him. All you need to do is call on his name and new life can be yours. Don't deny yourself today. Don't deny yourself any other day because Jesus is here and he's always been here for you. Let that be your challenge. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah. We're going to sing some songs to celebrate just one or two songs, and during that time we'll do our giving to the Lord today. And uh, then we'll be having hot cross buns and all sorts out the back, all right? Somebody's birthday, Easter Sunday. What isn't to celebrate today, eh? Do you need a good reason to celebrate? We'll give you five. Starting with Jesus is alive. <laughs> all right. Thank you.
Okay. All right. Sorry. One song. <laughs> uh, <laughs> surprise. So, have a great Easter Monday. It's, it is a bank holiday. It's a day off. Everybody complains about Christianity and things. Like, we give them days off, for goodness sake. What have they got to complain about? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, like Christmas. I mean, you know, who gives them Christmas? You know? um, so, stay around. Have a coffee with us. Have some cake with us. You know, uh, kids, there's chocolate and sweeties as well, which I'm sure you've already had some. But there's plenty more. Parents, we're, all, we're really, really sorry, but Andy and Clay provided so much chocolate yesterday. We've got to get rid of it. And uh, we hope to see you here again on a Sunday soon. 10 o'clock every Sunday morning we're here celebrating together. Come in June the 9th. God bless you all. Have a great week. God bless you. Bye-bye. Hi. Can I just ask as well before you go, is there somebody or one or two people who could help in the kitchen um, just serving teas and coffees and cakes this morning, please? That would be great. Yeah. Thank you. Volunteers. God bless you. mountain looked all around couldn't find nobody went down into the deepest valley looked all around down there couldn't find nobody I went across the deep blue sea couldn't find one to compare to your grace, your love, your mercy Nobody greater, nobody greater than you I searched all over, couldn't find nobody I looked high and low, still couldn't find nobody Nobody greater Nobody greater, no, nobody greater than you. I searched all over, couldn't find nobody. I looked high and low, still couldn't find nobody. Nobody greater, nobody greater. Nobody greater than you Nobody can heal Like you can Oh most holy one You are the great I am Awesome in all your ways And my ears are hand 
Nobody greater. Nobody greater. No matter where you look or where you Nobody go. Nobody 